When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into this week's edition of The Walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machika. South Carolina lost a close one at home for homecoming week to Florida. I scored 41-39, to a very unfortunate loss. Gamecocks coming off a bye. Really wanted to make a statement against Florida, but just could not get a stop defensively. It cost them the game. Offense looked good, but I will break all of that down in a second. Obviously, I missed you guys on the post-game shows, home back in South Bend handling some family business, but we, we should be good to go from here on forward. So um, it's going to be a long, long drive for the rest of the season, but we should be good to go. Uh, but first, before we get into breaking down the action, I do want to talk about our sponsors really quickly. First off, as always, our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. Tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If, if you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood, open 99 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents, and when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576. And our other sponsor of this program and all Gamecock Central Live programming. It's a good friend over at Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. You can find him above us in any of our Gamecock Central Live programming. Clint is the man in need of help with your mortgage. Call our good friend Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which helps him or which allows him to help everyone from the first time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important and a well-thought-out financial strategy that comes with five-star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. Like I said, his number is always above us on the screen for all of our Gamecock Central Live programming. That is, for those listening, it is 803-771-6933. Once again, 803-771-6933. Clint is the man. You guys have to give him a call for all of your mortgage help. But getting into the game. Um, not so fun to talk about, unlike our good friends over at Ta- Liberty Tax and Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. South Carolina dropped a really, really tough game on Saturday. Um, it was a game that you came out, you, you were expecting to win. Um, coming off the bye, you had two weeks to prepare for this Florida team who wasn't great on the road. They, they struggled heavily in, in road environments, hadn't won a game on the road yet. Um, and so coming into williams Bryce Stadium, you expected the atmosphere to be great. It was great. 
and you really, really wanted more out of your team and it was homecoming, right? So you, you got the atmosphere part and you just couldn't find a way to deliver. How that happened certainly wasn't on the offense. Um, that's that's for sure. Obviously, I mean, we will talk about, you know, kind of the late game blunders, what you can do there, whatnot. But I mean, overall, this offense played really, really, really well, um, I think. And so, you know, you when you have as much of or as, as good of an offensive game as you do, especially in the SEC, 39 points is really, really good. That normally gets you the job done, um, especially, like I said, especially in the SEC. Maybe not in the Big 12, but again, in the Big 12, they don't necessarily play as much defense historically. So 39 points should be enough to get the job done. And, you know, Spencer Rattler had, you know, continued his 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 run of form. His final line wound up being, his final line wound up being 23 of 30, 313 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. And that pick, again, we've ta- I've talked about it previously on the program. That's when they were playing backyard football, right? At the end of the game, trying to force something. It, it, they are telling him to force the ball in, in, into spots and, and try to make a play. Try to make something happen as you're chasing the lead down. So Spencer Rattler's pick, again, I don't really attribute that to him. You're telling him to go force the ball if you need to, and, and, and he did. And it just resulted in a pick. So tough, tough, you know, tough interception if you're Spencer. But also, too, like, again, it's it's not really on the offense. Sure, down the stretch, you know, you had the lead at one point and, you know, gave the ball back, the punt. And yes, like offensively down the stretch, you need to execute more. And sure, you know, Kai Kroger, you, you want him to pin it inside the 10, you know, maybe bring back the Kai Kroger of old. You're punting from your own 47. I mean, it's tough when when they end up at the 25, but that's also not bad, right? That's where they start on the kickoff and whatnot, and sure. So, I mean, Kai did as well as he could. Sure, you want it inside the 20. You know, maybe that makes that last drive a little harder. But, I mean, South Carolina, when you had the roughing the passer penalty, resetting it at your own 47 and not being able to gain, you know, get – get past the 47 and just gain yards and, and be able to get that first, that one first down to just keep winding the clock and, and, and just put, you know, Florida in a corner to where the, they can't really escape, right? You needed to put this game away. And, you know, the way Florida had been battling back all day, I mean, it was a back and forth game, man. It really was. Um, so the way that they had been playing all day, you, you kind of had the feeling like, all right, this might be a little bit too much time for Florida. Like, the way that they've been going at this and the way that they've been responding, they've been cooking. And, again, I'll get into the defense and, and the way that the defense looked all day. I mean, it, it it wasn't great, and that's kind of what gave you that feeling of, like, okay, this might be too much time. Florida might be able to make a move here. Um, you know, so it's, it's really tough when you can't get that first down. But other than that, I mean, really, the offense looked good. I mean, they looked really good. Um you know, minus that one, the, the punt and, and obviously the interception, you're chasing the lead a little bit. Sure. But um, you, you have the chance if you get that first down, right, you can ice the game away. You can at least put them in a corner. You can at least put them in a corner, right? You're punting that ball away, 243 left to go in the fourth, right? If you were to happen to get that first down, you're under two minutes and you just run it out. You've got three downs to run it out. And, you know, Florida's even even with their timeouts, you dismantle them, take their timeouts away. You, Florida, I mean, they were running low on timeouts. They, they, you know, you put them in that corner if, if you're able to. 
yeah, so you put Florida in that corner if you're able to run that out. And with limited timeouts, you, I'm not sure if Florida is able to come back from that, right? If you get that first down, who knows what the clock's at when Florida gets the ball back. But instead, they get the ball back with two minutes and, and 47 seconds, I believe, um, on that last drive, on that touch, or on the um, on the punt. Two minutes and 43 seconds, right? So two minutes and 43 seconds, you get that first down. It, it at the very minimum, gets down to two minutes, right? You're going to be under two. They're driving, limited timeouts. I don't know how much you can do from that standpoint. Even if you decide to punt or, or kick a field goal or something, they're driving from their own 25, limited timeouts at the end of the game. A lot of pressure on it. And I don't think we've seen that Florida team, you know, respond to pressure like that yet. They really haven't responded to pressure and being in a corner yet. They haven't done that, especially on the road. I mean, they've, they've curled up in a ball and, and fumbled on the road. So, Again, that's the one complaint with the offense. I mean, there's a lot, a whole lot of good from this offense too, right? The bell cow back, Mario Anderson, Moo, bell cow back. Mario Anderson played his role. I mean, he did exactly what you were supposed to do. Mario Anderson had himself a game. I mean, you ran for 100, over 150 yards. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That is exactly what you were supposed to be doing. And, and again, offensively, like I said, this was a good enough offensive performance to win the game. It, it, it should have been, at least. You needed a lot more help with your defense. Mario Anderson went 20 carries, 98 yards, no touchdowns, but he's averaging four a carry. And then um, Juju McDowell, shout out to him. Um, but, you know, Super Mario, before I get into Juju and, and the rest of the running backs, like Mario Anderson played the role of bell cow back perfectly. He is exactly what you need in this backfield. And so now, now you're in a position with South Carolina, right? where you have your running back room established. You have your bell cow back, and then you have your role-playing backs. And Juju McDowell, being one of those role-playing backs, has stepped up. I mean, his one carry, 17 yards, and the touchdown, right? Like, that's exactly what you want from Juju. That's a, that's exactly what you want from some of these role-playing running backs that are going to come in and fill some of the gaps when Mario's out. And then to carry on Joyner, I mean, didn't have the best game, but again, the DK package is still a potential. And now it's getting further into the season where they haven't done enough with DK in like a, a kind of a wonky package or something like that, like to where teams are going to start keep honoring that, right? When they see DK on the field, now they kind of know that Dowell's leaning towards, you know, leaning towards just running it with him, right? So if that makes sense. And and I'll, again, I've we will get into Dowell too, but, you know, you need to do a little bit more with carry on Joiner if you want him to play some kind of a role or teams to kind of honor, you know, or, or look at you a different way. I'm not sure what Dowell wants with all that because the offense again it looks really really good so I don't know if you need all of that right you're clicking on a lot of cylinders right now I mean wide receiver room looks good shout out to Nick Carver too what a play for the freshman I mean you guys have been wondering where he is I I mean myself included but Nick Carver what a play I mean very very big play in that game massive game I mean obviously it was it was his only catch but I mean it was it was huge right huge one catch 45 yards Ridiculous. And yes, granted, sure. You want to see him in more. And, and I get that. And after that catch, he didn't, you know, didn't really see, see the ball at least that much more, but I mean, that's, it's a pretty good start, right? You're easing him into games and whether or not the whole, the injury thing is true or not, either way, you're, you're trying to ease him into games, get him comfortable. And I mean, that catch sure as heck seems like he's pretty comfortable. So I, I expect to see a lot more of Nick Harbour in this offense Granted, the, the receiver room is very loaded. I know Mike likes to make a lot of, you know, um, NFL references. And so, you know, it's, I mean, 
Nick Harbour just joined, uh, like he's a rookie that just joined a, a loaded wide receiver room. You know, it's, it's very, very, very similar situation. Um, I was going to compare it to Chase Claypool, but I, again, we know Nick Harbour is, you know, has a lot more potential than, than Chase Claypool has and whatnot. And so, yeah, not the best analogy, but anyways, going ahead further is like Xavier Leggett had himself a game, man, five receptions, 110 yards. He was averaging 22. He, again, he's having a juice well season type season, but again, you, you can't even really compare him, but similar in terms of like hype, national notoriety and, and attention that he's getting, I would say, Xavier Leggett is, is similar to what Juice was doing last year, right? And he's stepping up in a big way. I mean, again, still holds the fastest ball carrier speed recorded. I believe that is still the case. I haven't gone back and checked recently. But, again, Xavier Leggett having himself a day. I mean, in, in year. And and same with Spencer, right? We know. I mean, Spencer Rattler, he, he's still him. We talked about that. He's still the man. He's still playing with his pants on fire with stuff to prove. He is working himself. Again, if he continues this pace, he will be a first-round draft pick. If he can continue to play this way throughout the rest of the year, no matter how the team does, Spencer Rattler is working his way into the first round. And as he sits right now, I I, I think he is a first-round quarterback um, at the moment, for, and especially what we saw from Caleb Williams in South Bend. Three picks against a really good defense, man. Like, And Shadur Sanders hasn't looked great either. So, I mean – it's it's very like and nationally Spencer isn't he's starting to get more attention just because of the numbers he's putting up and it does stink because he isn't getting as much national attention because South Carolina hasn't been able to win as many games so obviously if you're winning you're going to get a lot more attention a lot more hype but statistically and if you just watch the game film Spencer Rattler is still one of the best quarterbacks in the country and now he's getting a little overlooked because South Carolina hasn't been able to you know get the job done and win games that they should, and then also, like, they, they lose games that they shouldn't. But, again, you know, Spencer, he's he's doing so well, and he's playing, again, himself into a first-round draft pick. So I, I'm not going to be surprised if he winds up in the first round. He has to keep playing the way he is. But, man, oh, man, I mean, he is the lifeblood of this offense. And I told you I would get to Dell Loggins, and Dell Loggins is, you know, all that and more, right? So far, so good. Play calling. I can remember in the offseason, everyone was like, who the heck is this guy? Like, what the heck are we doing hiring this guy? You know, not calling plays at the collegiate level, coming as a tight ends coach from Arkansas, NFL guy, all this like stuff. And there was a whole lot of noise surrounding the hiring of Dell Loggins. So far, so good, I'd say, right? I don't think anyone's complaining about Dowell. And um, if you watched our interview last week with Justin King, Justin talked about how good of a guy he is inside the building and stuff like that. And it was so cool to hear Justin talk about him because we, you know, on the outside, we hear a lot of stories about, you know, what, who's the character inside and, and, and that kind of thing. And I was curious about Dowell because we had heard all kinds of good things. And especially from Dante too, Dante kind of uh, alluded to it as well. Like, Dowell's like, he's hip with it, man. He's, he's getting it. He's, he's a people person. He's doing really well um, recruiting wise. And, you know, going into this year, we were talking about Dowell about like how, you know, if he finds a way to call plays well, I mean, he, he checks every box, right? He's a good recruiter. 
it's Colin plays well and he's a good people person. He's a good culture fit. And I think he fits right in with the culture again, based on what we've heard and kind of what Justin was told us. If anybody knows about culture and, and knows the ins and outs of the building, it's Justin King. So by, by Justin saying that about Dowell, I mean, it all makes sense. So everything is going right. And I think Dowell Loggins is the perfect hire to take over this offense. And now we know why Shane was so confident in this hire, right? When, when it happened, because Shane was, you know, he, he saw all the noise. He, he really did and on Twitter, everything. And it's like, Oh my goodness, all the uproar from the fan base. And Shane's like, just wait. Like I know doll. I, I hired him for a reason. Now we're seeing it right. South Carolina fans can rejoice. And, and <laughs> I, I can guarantee you, they do not feel you guys do not feel the same way that you did in December and in, in, in January even. Um, so I, you know, it feels good to, to have Dowell get established. And again, I, I've, I've only had limited conversations with him, but I mean, he's a joy to be around. So I'm happy for Dowell to be able to squash that. And he's got his offense playing really well. And sure, yes, there have been a couple complaints here, there about like game management stuff, but like I'm letting that slide because again, there's, there's execution. Like sometimes you don't execute well. And sometimes like, I mean, for example, the Tennessee game, a couple guys, a couple lapses that happens, but you're still seeing the things that you can improve on week to week. Right. You are still seeing the things that you can, you know, go off of and build off of. And it's like, okay, there was light here and you just didn't execute in this certain certain way. It's not a schematic thing like, you know, it is necessarily on defense. And I'm going to get there once I'm done talking about Dowell. But again, you know, Dowell Loggins is doing very, very well in his first season. Right. And then I'm not saying, you know, give him the head coaching job or make him the AD or anything yet, but it feels really good after last season, the way this whole Satterfield thing was handled and, and the way like, you know, just the offense just didn't perform and it just wasn't great. I think Dowell has done the exact opposite, right? He, he is the the complete 180 of what Marcus Satterfield was and, and is. And so, I mean, you hope that Dowell stays in South Carolina as long as he can before he, you know, maybe gets a head coaching job somewhere. But um, so far, so good. And, you know, it is just, it is the first year, right? There is a second year, right? I, I remember year one in the Beamer regime. We were kind of excited about Marcus Satterfield's offense, but I, I think it's it's a little bit different. It feels a little bit different to me, at least, because the execution and in and, and the scheme has been off the charts, right? And I think you're going to see, right, because Dowell came in and he designed this offense around his players. And I think that's a big NFL trait that he brought in was – in the NFL, they design their offenses around certain players and the players that they have, the personnel that they have. And that's one thing the NFL is really good at. And so Dowell, you know, you're going to see the offense shift a little bit. Obviously, it'll be the same base, right, pro style and whatnot. But you're going to see, you know, certain things switch with different personnel, right? Lenore Sellers, a little bit more mobile than Spencer. Very similar, though. Very, very similar. So I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot more change. But also, too, you know, you got a lot of the other good quarterbacks in that room that are still going to be competing for that starting job. But that's in the future. But, like, again, looking ahead, like, you're going to see, you know, this offense shift a little bit personnel-wise. But so far, so good from Dowell. And I'm, I'm very happy for him because coming into the hiring and, you know, sure, call call myself I, – I will call myself out for this one. Like, I, I was certainly a doubter for the hire. Um, but then as soon as he got on campus and – and whatnot and I've interacted with him and what and and you know seen what kind of person he is and also heard what kind of person he is recruiting wise and just from people within inside the building I'm very impressed with Dowell and you know I, I regret doubting him from the beginning but um you know 
I'm, I'm happy for him too. It seems to be like in South Carolina and, and just having fun with it. So I'm, I'm happy for him. And he's got his offense playing really, really, really well. Had a great day against Florida. And again, end of the game, you know, a couple game management things, but that was going to learn and grow. And again, I think at the end of the game, it's more of an execution thing. Couldn't convert. And so you, you kind of had your hand forced, but you know, different things, different places and calling plays is one of those things. It's like, oh, I could have called that one better. And sure. Right. In the moment, I don't know if you would have like, you know, the, the quarter, the couch quarterback or coach couch play caller could have, but it's, it's hard in the moment or it's, it's easy in the moment to, to say, I could have done this better. But I mean, when you look back at it, you know, it's, it's really hard to make that adjustment in the moment when you think about it going backwards, but yeah, very impressed with Dowell, very impressed with this offense, but man, oh man, was this defense bad this week. And I'm not like, not afraid to say it, right? I think we all can agree. I think we can all agree that it was not the best performance. I think it was arguably the worst performance of the year from this defense. I mean, there's only been two occasions where you haven't let up 30 points, and that was to, I believe, Furman and Tennant or Furman and Georgia, um, is when you didn't let up over 30 points for this defense in Florida. I mean, this was just a beatdown from this Florida offense, and I, I mean, I'm sitting here. I don't really, you know, it's it's hard to understand how this happens, right? Because you have two weeks to prepare for Florida. It's kind of a one-dimensional team as well. You know they're going to want to get Mertz going. Mertz has thrown – I mean, there's one, one game where he didn't throw for over 200 yards, and that was against Tennessee in the game which they won. And it was at home. And, again, I talked about the curse. Oh, so I, I, fluky game for sure. But again, you know, you knew what the game plan was. And Ricky Pearsall, again, we all saw the catch. We all know who he is. Um, if you don't, I mean, just Google Ricky Pearsall. You're going to find the catch. He had an incredible catch earlier this season. I can't remember again who it was against, but kid is wicked talented. He hails from Arizona State. Transfer from Arizona State. Graham Mertz, obviously coming from Wisconsin, looking for a new opportunity in the SEC. And, I mean, Mertz has played well. Billy Napier somehow, I mean, he's got his transfers playing well. And we know that the game has changed, right? South Or, like, the, the, the game of college football, the landscape has changed, right? And you need transfers as much as you need freshmen in, in recruiting classes nowadays. So, Florida, credit Billy Napier, man. Um, he, he, he grabbed two, two dogs in the transfer portal, but I think South Carolina's defense made them look like superstars on, on Saturday. Um, so, and I, I, I normally, I'm normally not this, you know, like biased or, or, or one-sided against, you know, performance. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm able to see the light, but I don't know if there's any light to be taken from this one. You just got your butt handed to you like plain and simple by Florida, a team that has been so fluky and bad on the road too. So, and, and defense is especially one where you feed off the crowd's energy and, and you need it to rattle the opponent and, and a back and forth game, the crowd was in it till the end. And man, oh man, you just, you didn't use it. You didn't capitalize defensively. You just needed a couple stops and the game was yours. And so, I mean, the game, the game was yours. You you had the game if you made a couple stops. And it, this is the SEC. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is the SEC. This isn't this isn't the Big Twelve. You need to play defense. You and again, sometimes you get teams where the offense is so high powered, where defense you just you got to be good enough, 
right? And I think this is one of those cases, and especially this game, you just needed to be good enough to get the job done. Just good enough to get the job done. Make a couple stops. And you had two weeks, two weeks to prepare for this one, right? Coming off the bye. You had a lot of time looking ahead to Florida, and granted, on the bye week, sure, you look at all opponents, right? But sure, but you're you're circling Florida. You needed to come out and make a statement against Florida, defensively especially. Like offense, we knew we knew they were great. We knew they were good, right? We knew this offense was lights out and great. And Spencer Rattler had been playing really well, and he's the man and all this stuff. But defensively, you haven't shown anything to to get the benefit of the doubt, right? You haven't had a performance yet that says or that gives you the benefit of the doubt when it comes to poor execution. You can't just say, oh, hey, you know, this was a bad week. We've seen that they, what they can do, you know, on to the next one. This is con- a continued run of bad form. And I don't know whether it's schematics or if it's personnel or what. But, I mean, I, I, I personally think it, it, it does fall on the coaches for just not preparing the guys. Right, You have two weeks to prepare for this one. Two weeks to prepare for this one. So there are no excuses defensively. Absolutely no excuses for that performance that they had on Saturday night. And granted, you know, you can blame it on penalties. South Carolina had nine penalties for a total of, I think it was 83 yards. Sure, right? Penalties, fine. Dumb PI here, there. But, I mean, other than that, man, like it's it's not like you had a penalty down the stretch that really killed you, or at least that's what I thought. So there are no excuses for this bad of a performance against a Florida team that you, again, you knew what they were trying to do. You had this much time. You knew it was it was merged to Pearsall. You knew they were going to try to do that. It's not like you like Florida was going to show up and all of a sudden just be world beaters running the football, right? And again, running the, the run defense, you just you need to be good enough to stop it, good enough to disrupt it. Because your offense will take you places that, you know, South Carolina hasn't seen in recent years. Like, this offense is really, really, really good. And South Carolina fans aren't used to seeing an offense as high-powered as this. It's, it's been a while. It really has. So defensively, no excuses, right? Absolutely no excuses for how you're playing. And, I mean, again, I don't want to pin, like, just call for a guy's job or, or saying, like, I'm, that's not what I'm saying here. Like, but this this one falls on the coaches. They were unprepared. The, the guys were unprepared, and sure, Shane brought it up going into Florida week. It's, it is it is hard when you have a lot of new guys rotating in and, and defense, and Clayton White's scheme is very, very, you know, in-depth. And, and we've heard Clayton, or we've heard Darius Rush and Cam Smith talk about it in years past, right, how how deep this defense is and how, how really football nerd you can kind of get about it. But it's also simple, like strap on the pads and just go. But so – Shane mentioned earlier in the week, like when you have new guys rotating in, it's hard. Like you try to simplify it, but then again, you have different sets, different adjustments, and like they make adjustments on the line of scrimmage. That's so hard to add in week to week, right? So again, <laughs> you had two weeks to prepare. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. And Florida to me does not seem like a super multi-dimensional team either. So I just bad, bad, bad performance on defense and. I'm not saying, like, and players need to execute, sure, right? You, you want guys to have better games and stuff like that. But, I mean, I've seen different players have had different individual performances, you know, that have that have stood out. And so I don't necessarily think it's a personnel issue in this case. And, again, I'm not calling for Clayton White's job by any means. Not yet. 
right? Like, unless it's very glaring and obvious that, that Clayton White needs to go. But I, what I am saying, like, that, it, that that loss is on, on the coaches, right? And now, granted, the question of Clayton White's job has been certainly up on, you know, Twitter and, and making its rounds on social media. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it real quick. Like, is Clayton White's job in jeopardy? Not right now. I wouldn't say right now, but man, oh man, if this isn't a wake-up call to say like, hey, you are this close to being on the hot seat, it's, uh, I, I mean, it, you know, I don't know what is. You lose 41 to 30, I mean, basically 37, 39, sure, the safety at the end, whatever, right? But you lose 41 to 37 at home on homecoming week in a game where you had two weeks to prepare for step up, put up or shut up and set the tone for the rest of your schedule. Cause now, now you go on the road, right? You have two of your toughest road tests before you got three games at home. Sure. But I mean, two really, really, really tough road tests, two really, really, really good teams. And I'll get to that in a second. There, there are no excuses, no excuses for this one. And Clayton White, I mean, this should be a wake up call to say, Hey, if things keep going the way they are, because we're seven weeks in, we're a little bit, we're past the halfway point, right? So if things continue to go the way that they are defensively, yeah, I would say pretty safely that he is going to be on the hot seat and his job will be in question by the end of the year if things continue to go the way that they are. But this right here, to me at least, should be a wake-up call. Take this as a wake-up call because, yeah, right, Tennessee, you got beat, and sure, offense didn't execute in that one and whatever, like, right, but <laughs> defensively, like you played awful in that one too. So it's there's no real excuse. You're not patting yourself on the back saying we played well, especially after a loss. Nobody's really doing that. But it, this this needs to be a wake up call, right? You were dead last in the country, if I'm not mistaken, in passing defense, dead last. And sure, right? You're in the top 100 for rushing defense. Great, awesome, rah rah. Good stuff, guys. Like, bravo. But to me, at least, it's there's there's nothing to be you know holding your head high on, right? An individual performance is sure, but I mean, this is a team game, and especially in Clayton White's system, or so we're we're being led to believe. You need to play as a team. You need to play as a unit. And you know, we're also getting to the point where depth. You can't really pin it on depth either, because some of these guys are playing a lot they're getting a lot of time and it's starting to be the same guys inconsistently right so it, it's getting to be you know harder and harder to continue making mistakes like at what point do you start pinning on the coaching staff it's this is it's getting time right and if this continues it's the the finger pointing is going to be growing even more and more and more and obviously you guys are on socials and stuff like that and you you hear everything that the media puts out and fans are saying and all that you guys know how much that Clayton White has been you know the talk of of you know the hot seat and and, and scapegoat if you will and you know granted I, I some of it's deserved some of it's not granted like you know you want to execute in different spots but a lot of it is a lot of it is because this is the SEC this is big boy football it's not the big 12 you need to play defense you need to play defense and you need to play it well. So I hope this serves as a wake-up call for the South Carolina defense because 
it has been bad. Just flat out bad up until this point. So, and it doesn't really get any easier here on out, right? You go on the road to Missouri. Go on the road to Missouri. And Missouri is no joke, right? They're ranked. They're a really good team. Eli Drinkwitz has his guys playing some pretty good ball. Tough loss to LSU. But other than that, on skate, they just beat Kentucky. Kentucky, I was worried, you know, was – I didn't think Kentucky was all that. They got the brakes beaten off of them by Georgia. and I, I mean, I could see that coming from a mile away. I think that's kind of what Georgia needed. But then, I mean, Missouri is a very real threat. And if you go up to the other Columbia, long trip too. Long trip, you're going to be fine. But granted, long trip, far away from home. Um, and to say that Missouri's not the toughest app, it's not. It's no Stanford Stadium, it's no the Swamp, but it's also in a way atmosphere, right? And especially when Missouri is good. When Missouri is good, that place can get rocking. And it's still in a way atmosphere. And you don't have your home fans cheering for you. And you don't have the advantage of the crowd at Williams-Brice. So... You need to show up to Missouri and make a statement offensively and defensively, but defensively most importantly because they will run it up if given the chance. And I'm 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 particularly looking at the connection of Brady Cook and Luther Burden. Brady Cook is having their quarterback, Brady Cook, is having one of the better seasons out of any quarterback in the SEC right now. He is throwing together great numbers. And I mean, had his, he, he had gone, you know, up until last week or I believe, yeah, last week's LSU game um, without throwing a pick, right? And leading up to it, you were kind of questioning, they weren't playing the best teams. And it's like, all right, like, we're going to find out what this kid's made of. Had a bad week against LSU. He didn't have the best week against Kentucky. But man, man, did he, has he had a really, really good year up until this point? There, I mean, Kentucky was the first game where he didn't throw for over 300 yards because he, against Kansas State, threw for th- he was 23 of 35, 356 yards, two touchdowns. Memphis, 18 of 25, 341 yards, two touchdowns. Vanderbilt, 33 of 41 with 395 yards and four touchdowns. And then LSU, again, he had the two picks and a fumble, but um, – 30 of 47, 411 yards. And again, Kentucky, 19 of 29, 167 yards, touchdown and a pick. But Brady Cook will kill you if you let him. And Luther Burden is no different. It's his favorite target. The kid is a stud, absolute stud out there at wide receiver. He's his favorite target. Brady's found him 56 times for 808 yards for an average of 14 and he's got five touchdowns. Theo Weiss Jr., remember him from last year? Or he was Theo Weiss Jr. was in the transfer portal. Kid came from Oklahoma. Uh, South Carolina was, you know, a thought. You, you kind of thought that they might grab him, but he went to Mizzou. 34 catches, 392 yards, averaging 11.5 per catch and five touchdowns. They're looking for those guys when it comes to the end zone. Weiss, I believe, is a big target. Yeah, Weiss, 6'2", 192. Big, big boy. 
and then Luther Burden, man. Can't say enough good things about that kid. Five-star coming out of high school, East St. Louis. The St. Louis connection is very real at Mizzou. Um, Brady Cook played with my cousin, actually, at uh, Chaminade. Shout out Carson Glenn. Crazy to be thinking I'd be shouting him out. But, man, oh, man. I mean, Brady Cook and Luther Burden, this connection is one of the best in the SEC. Uh, and, and Luther Coxon, 5'11", 208. <laughs> Definitely not small. Definitely not a small kid. So those two, and I mean, just the, the Missouri offense will smoke you. And they, they want to pass the ball, and they want to pass it a lot. So defensively, man, you got to come into this week and make a statement. If you can shut down that passing attack, you can do a lot of good things. So this is a prove-it week. If you come in to Missouri, tough environment, right? Tough environment defensively, play in. And if you come come in and shut down the St. Louis connection and Brady Cook, Luther Burden, find a way to stop Theo Weiss, you, you're back on track. Uh, or you're, you're pretty close to it, right? You, you, you could build off of something like that. You've done something productive. You've done something good. And, you know, if you win this game and, and you, you make the stops in crunch time and clutch time but still allow a lot of points, sure, right? Not as much of back on track as you want to be, but sure, like – you know, we, we, we can go there because, again, we know how high-powered this offense is. This Missouri team will beat you if you let them, man. They beat you if you let them. And if you play like the last-ranked passing defense in the country against this team, they will blow it wide open, and it will turn into a Big 12 game really, really, really quickly considering how good South Carolina's offense plays. And then, obviously, go on the road, Texas A&M, very, very similar Um Max Johnson coming in, their Texas A&M starting quarterback went out early on in the year. So Max Johnson's come in. He's playing like a starter, man. They The last two weeks, they gave um, Tennessee a game, and they also gave Bama a game. So this Texas A&M team, also no joke. But Eliza Head is Missouri, and you got to take care of business at Mizzou. You got to. You really do. And it starts there defensively. If you can make a statement against the high power, again, Brady Cook, Luther Burden, watch out for those two because they're going to, if you let them, they're going to kill you on Saturday night in, in, in Columbia. But looking ahead, I guess, in that matchup, offensively, South Carolina matches up pretty good. Zoo's been letting up a good amount of points this season. But their defense, I mean, they're, they're 20. They find ways to win games, right? They, they, they're doing what South Carolina needs to be doing defensively they're good enough right their offense is really good and you know you need to step up defensively and make plays when you need to and then let the offense take care of the rest sometimes that's football doesn't need to be super pretty and yeah in the sec you want defense to be good but man offenses nowadays are being are really really good especially in the sec best conference of football so offensively you match up it's going to be a shootout absolute shootout in columbia so watch out for that, it's a road test. It's going to be tough. And if you can make a statement in that game, carry some momentum into Texas a you got a chance in that one too. But you have to play well defensively. We know what this offense is made of. And, yes, I, I you know, Texas a you worry about being on the road. Tennessee was a little bit of a, you know, it was a tough road test. I'm not as worried about the offense in, that envi- in, in Missouri's environment as I am worried about the one at Texas a Kyle Field is ridiculously loud. You heard Tonka, the, the the quote that got taken out of context at Texas A&M is really, really, really loud. Um, 
it's it's yeah it's definitely not easy place to play and, and Jimbo Fisher he's seen some ball man so it, it's it's gonna be tough but gotta take care of Missouri first gotta win that game and I mean down the stretch it's it's realistic to say that you could finish as an eight win team but you know you could also finish you know not bowl eligible you know Vandy's also no joke and I, it's crazy to be saying that but Clark Lee slowly building a program at Vanderbilt as hard as it is Clark Lee is a good football coach and I mean, we'll we'll talk more about those games down the stretch. But you also have Kentucky. I don't. Again, I don't think they're that good. But you never know. Could be bouncing back. But I I, I think they've been pretend, pretenders all year. Um, Devin Leary not and, and Mark Stoops not on the same page. Um, so you know. But again, we'll, we'll get there. Gotta take care of Missouri. But that will do it. Uh, thank you guys for um, tuning into this week's edition of the walkthrough. Again, sorry I missed you guys on the post-game show. We'll be good to go this next week. Um, again, was up in South Bend handling some family business. Um, and then, you know, going forwards, excited to be with you for the, the rest of the ride, as, as up and down as it might be, knowing South Carolina football and, and Beamer ball. It's going to be a wild ride throughout the stretch. But um, buckle up, because it's 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 going to be a fun one either way, hopefully. Um, but so join Mike and I on Tuesday night for Talking Tuesdays, as always. And then once again, we will be live after the post or after South Carolina takes on Missouri in Columbia um, for the GC Live postgame show. And then, as always, the walkthrough will be live. We'll be live Sunday night. This one's coming out a little late again because I was flying back to Columbia after handling some family business in South Bend. So thank you for bearing with me this week. And throughout the rest of the year, everything should be good to go, baby. So we are locked in and ready to go. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. And have a good evening, day, wherever you're listening. Be good. Be safe. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.